I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome to our first episode in a series of interviews with influential lacrosse people from around the world. The goal of this series is to generate awareness and a better understanding of of how lacrosse can look and feel very different depending on where you are in the world. Our first interview is with Yaakov Silberlicht of Israel Lacrosse. So why don't you go start up by explaining your role with, with Israel Lacrosse? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I've been with Israel Lacrosse for about seven or eight years now. Um, and it's cool because I wear a few hats, actually. So the first hat that I wear is um, playing for the men's national team. I'm, I'm the captain, uh, I guess co-captain of the men's field team as well as the men's box team. Um, second hat I wear is the director of youth development. So um, I, I live here in Israel and, and on the ground, and what I do every day as a living is I develop the sport as much as I can. Um, and that starts with going into all the schools across the country, from elementary schools all the way up into, into high schools. Um, and, you know, outside of that, we do community outreach stuff. Uh, we work in at-risk, at-risk communities, um, you know, with lacrosse, um, recruiting. We've got about a thousand players that own their own equipment and come to practice twice a week. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more of that later, but, uh, the third, third and final hat that I wear is, um, I am the head coach of the under 19 Israel men's national team. Um, and that's made up of usually, you know, about 50% of guys who, uh, are Jewish Americans who, um, either come over here and spend time with us in Israel, um, when they can, um, um, and then the other half, the other 50% is Israelis who learned how to play lacrosse on Israeli soil, um, you know, from us coaches that have been here on the ground and that's it. Um, so, you know, the, the kind of target there is to get those guys as much experience minutes, you know, get as many coaches and people in front of them as possible, just so they can kind of absorb as, as much lacrosse knowledge and, and develop their game. And, uh, I think it's cool because especially in Israel, we, we have this connection with North America and, and Jews in North America. We bring them over very often. Um, so I do, I, I really believe that our Israeli born players are, are almost a step ahead, ahead of the rest of the international kind of lacrosse game because they have this North American influence, this heavy North American influence from, you know, us guys and others who, who come over here and, and spread their knowledge and develop the sport. So um, it's cool what I do. You know, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, so that's kind of the way I feel. I usually call it work with quotations. Um, and yeah, man, like I, I really believe, you know, lacrosse has been in Israel for about nine years now, kind of just after I was kind of just almost here at the start. Um, and, and I genuinely believe that we're starting to gain traction and, and turn a corner. And lacrosse is really becoming a popular sport here in Israel. And as you know, and others may know, we hosted the uh, World Championships in 2018, which saw about 50 countries and 2,000 athletes come to Israel. Um, you know, this is something that that they, these these people, these athletes, may have never come to Israel in their entire life if it weren't for the sport. Um, so, you know, I was grateful and and happy to be able to to share the country and, and its beauty and everything that it has to offer to 
um, my brothers in lacrosse, whether I, I knew them or not, you know, to come from all over the world to come to Israel was something that I definitely took pride in. Um, and, and I think I may have answered a little bit too, <laughs> no, too far no, here, but much, but no worries. Um, so you said it's about nine years old in, in Israel. Um, what, let's go back nine years. What did it look like at the beginning? You know, nine years ago, what did lacrosse look like? Sure. Uh, so, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I might not be the best person to ask about this because I, I probably got here at about six months to a year after kind of everything started. But um, Scott Nisi, executive director, uh, he's kind of the one who, who got this, who's, you know, this was his big idea. Um, and he got the ball rolling. He visited Israel, um, I think, in 2009 or 2010. Um, on, a, on a birthright trip just to travel, explore the country he had never been before um, and kind of brewed up the idea um, and then ended up getting making Aliyah, getting citizenship, coming to live in Israel. Um, and, and from what I understand, it all started by kind of just going to the beach and kind of recruiting people and going to, to the bar and recruiting people, um, seeing who who already lived in Israel that knew something about lacrosse or had picked up a stick in their life, whether it was an Israeli born or, or an expat that was living here, um, just did a big recruiting push. And they had the first ever game in Jerusalem um, at Kraft Stadium. Um, it was called the Zimmerman Cup, where I believe Jerusalem lacrosse club beat Tel Aviv lacrosse club. And it was, um, from what I understand, it was kind of just a, you know, a ragtag bunch that was thrown together, you know, people who were, passionate about Israel, um, but, you know, didn't really know or expect or, or have any notion of, of lacrosse in Israel. So kind of just got the, got the hook set there with, you know, involving more people and, and getting recognition and getting our name out there. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a, a famous picture that hopefully I can get my hands on and send to you. It's, it's like two guys playing catch in, in Park Higher Cone. Park Higher Cone is kind of the, uh, I guess you can call it the Central Park to, uh, of Tel Aviv. So okay. Park Hyacone okay. is to Tel Aviv, what Central Park is in New York City. Um, you know, just two guys playing catch with kind of the city in the background. And, um, you know, from there, that, that was the rest is history and, and lacrosse was born. Okay. And, you know, you, you were fortunate, like you mentioned earlier, that you were the host of the World Championships. So leading up to that, what impact do you think that has had um, you know, either in the growth, the development, exposure uh, for Israel lacrosse. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that was a, an excellent opportunity for us on a lot of different levels. Um, the one kind of most obvious is, like you mentioned, the exposure. Um, you know, the games were televised on multiple stations. Um, it was at this place called Win Wingate Institute, which is kind of this um, sports campus where all Israeli Olympic Olympic athletes train. It's where um, soldiers in the IDF go to do kind of fitness training, um, learn how to be a fitness instructor in the IDF. So a, a pretty famous place here in Israel, um, a nice kind of facility for athletes to go and, and develop whatever sport they please. Um, you know, there was, there was uh, advertisements on buses driving around the city. There were billboards, there were commercials. Um, so obviously uh, all this stuff kind of on the surface is great exposure. Um, you know, Israelis, a majority of them, 90% of them were, 
or seeing the, a picture of a lacrosse stick or a lacrosse player for the very first time. Um, so that was good to just be able to blast that out there. Um, and, and another thing that I, I personally thought was hugely beneficial to kind of what I do, which is the youth development, is um, you know we're recruiting these players and we're we're in school and we're introducing the sport and nobody's heard of it, nobody's seen of it, um, nobody's seen it. So they're they're having difficulty grasping kind of how popular that this sport is throughout the world and, and kind of how, what kind of you know how big of a deal it is to to play on that level. Um, so being able to you know our players have found figured out enough to to follow guys like Paul Rabel and the and the NLL and all these things on Instagram so they're starting to learn more but to have some of those you know the best players in the game um you know on Israeli soil right in front of their faces um and to see you know how big and athletic some of these guys are to see how many fans came from other countries to see how many uh teams were there how many athletes were there um it really put into proportion for them you know, what we were trying to do on a whole and how big and popular this sport is, you know, on a, on a worldwide scale. Um, you know, it, it's tough. And, and I certainly admire our players because playing lacrosse in Israel, especially at the beginning, is almost going against the grain of Israeli culture uh, because, you know, it's soccer and it's basketball. You know, they rule. Everybody plays soccer, everybody plays, plays basketball. And if you don't, you're you know, you're playing something weird or whatever. Um, so it was a really good opportunity for our guys to grasp, you know, how big this thing is and, and you know, how much it's growing and, and how, much, how much of an impact we can really make. Um, but, yeah, definitely grateful for that opportunity. And uh, we, we hope to – we actually hosted the Women's European Championships in 2019 that brought somewhere around 20 countries – um, and we, you know, our executive director, Scott Neese is, you know, he works his tail off and we hope and expect to host uh, more events coming up in the future here. That's awesome. Can you describe uh, your, your personal, you know, lacrosse experience? You know, wh- when did you find the game? Are you one of those Americans that, that came over, you know, just, just so people know? Yeah, sure. So um I'll try to give the abridged version here. I I grew up in upstate New York um, where I was an ice hockey player, and that was my true love. Um, I guess in middle school, about eighth or ninth grade, uh, my older brother started playing lacrosse, and my hockey teammates started playing in the offseason. So I decided to pick up a stick, just, uh, you know, stay fit and be with friends while I did it. Um, You know, I I definitely enjoyed playing. you know, it wasn't as far up there as, as ice hockey for me, um, but I did love the game. And, you know, at the end of the day, once I was a senior, I, I realized that I, I did have, you know, potential. And it, it really seemed to me like there was more opportunities out there to play lacrosse, uh, you know, immediately out of high school as opposed to hockey. Um, so I ended up following my older brother to Hobart College. Um he was, uh, I guess he was a senior there when I was a freshman. Um, so that was nice to kind of be brought under his wing and um, be able to hang out with some of the upperclassmen as a freshman. Um, at that point, we were in the ECAC, which was one of the best uh, leagues in the country. We were playing, we were playing, I guess league play was Ohio State, Denver, Loyola, um, Michigan, Air Force. And then our out of league games were like Syracuse, Cornell, Colgate. 
Um, so that, that was one of the big attractions that brought me to Hobart was being able to kind of play the best in the country week in, week out. Um, um, you know, my four years there, we, we definitely had some big win, wins under our belt. Um, unfortunately, we were always kind of a middle of the pack team, but I think that's a testament to the league we were playing in. Um, and, and, you know, to, to be a part of uh, kind of this rich, this rich tradition and rich history at Hobart was also important to me. Um, I was lucky enough to captain the team junior and senior year. Um, so, you know, Hobart and the coaches there and the staff and really kind of everybody on campus mean a lot to me over there and um, sparked my interest to continue playing the game after I graduated. Um, so what I did was I walked across the stage, didn't know what I wanted to do for graduation. I walked across the stage, hopped on a plane to, to uh, South Australia. Um, in South Australia, I did something similar to what I do now which was I played for uh, a club team kind of on the club circuit over there called East Torrens Paynham, um, the Red Wings. So I played on that circuit for a year and obviously uh, helped them with, with youth development in the schools and, and recruiting and coaching youth lacrosse. Um, so that's kind of how I started to dip my toe into the water. Um, and then again, this guy, Scott Neese, reached out to me to come for the tryouts uh, for Team Israel in 2013 leading up to the world championships in 2014 in Denver. Um, I came for the tryout. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was my first time in Israel. Um, you know, I enjoyed my time and, and you know, uh, had a good tryout, went back to Australia. And then uh, Scott, the executive director, just, just wouldn't leave me alone. He's like, you got to come to Israel. You got to live here. I need you on the team. I need you working for me. I need you living here, you know, et cetera. So I, I was... Um, a little bit confused because I, I didn't, you know, it was just something that I, I didn't really couldn't wrap my head around at the, at the, at the time. I, I didn't know, you know, too much about, uh, you know, the country or the language, even, you know, I'd only been there one time. Um, but you know, the guy was relentless, wouldn't leave me alone. So ended up in Israel, decided to give it a shot for about six months. And, um, here I am, uh, seven years down the road, still working for Scott, but, um, you know, I, uh, I've got, you know, I'm a dual citizen. I'm, I'm an Israeli citizen as well as an American citizen. So um, I was required to serve in the IDF in the military. Um, so I did two years um, in the airborne infantry and in the paratroopers, um, which was a, a very unique experience for me on a lot of, on a lot of levels. One, because I really wanted to walk a day in the shoes of, of some of the young guys that I'd be coaching. Um, I wanted to know what I was preparing them for, for because uh, they'll all go to the army when they're 18. Um, and it also gave me a chance to learn the language and learn the culture and, you know, kind of do my part, which was was fulfilling and, and definitely a unique uh, opportunity that I'm grateful for. Um, and, and yeah, so now that I'm out of the army, I, I get to continue coaching and, and working for Scott and, and growing this thing. And, you know, who knows, the sky's the limit at this point. Yeah, it definitely seems as if Israel is on a different path than most of the European countries that, that have sure. taken the sport um, or any international country outside of, you know, the U.S. and Canada, probably. <laughs> so sure. um, I, it looks like a lot of, you know, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of the growth has been in part due to, you know, Jews in America coming over, doing internships, doing a, a year abroad. Um, how did how did that really kind of get started? If if you know, and what impact has that had? Um, you know, not only for the country but for those athletes that come over. What kind of experiences are they having? 
Sure. Nick, you're, you're killing it. I love these questions, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. So how can I answer this? I think, uh, it, it kind of all started. Uh, so I, I currently live in Ashkelon, Israel. Um, each city in Israel has what's called a sister city. Mm -hmm. Um, Ashkelon's sister city is Baltimore. Obviously, you know, we all know that Baltimore is very lacrosse heavy. Lacrosse um, is kind of king over there, and there's a lot of Jews that live in, in Baltimore as well. Um, so we decided to kind of start this thing and, and put the hub in Ashkelon um, and play off this kind of Baltimore-Ashkelon partnership. Uh, the people that work on the Ashkelon side are incredible. They've been incredibly helpful to us, and we're able to turn to them for any help we need, whether it's on the ground here or opening relationships, you know, in Ashkelon or in Baltimore, they've been hugely helpful. Um, and we, we thought that kind of that was the best way to, to move forward. Um, so it started kind of by bringing a few, you know, a few people from Baltimore to Ashkelon and sending some of our Israeli born players to, to Baltimore for, you know, for a summer to get a little experience. Um, and then from that, obviously it's just, uh, grown immensely. Um, we have, we have the IPLL, the Israel Premier Lacrosse League, which sees, um, you know, people from all over the world, uh, Europe, we had a couple guys from Africa, um, guys from Canada, the US, um, you know, open to everybody, non-Jews as well, which is awesome. Um, you know, like I mentioned about the world championships, I, I, this country is so special to me in a lot of different ways. I'm happy to share that with others, you know, of, of any faith, any religion, just because I think it's an incredible place as far as the beauty of it, the beaches, the the food and everything and everything. Um, so, you know, I, I'm happy and, and lucky to be able to share that with, with the lacrosse community. Um, and, you know, there's also, uh, you know, we have plenty of programs. We have our winter service trip, which is, uh, you know, about 40 high school lacrosse players who come over and during their winter break, uh, to do, um, you know, to volunteer, to do youth development, to scrimmage our men's team, to do all that good stuff. Um, we have our birthright, which is 40 uh, collegiate lacrosse players that come over in the summer to tour the country and also do that stuff, youth development, those things. Um, and then also, like you touched on, we, we have, and you may ask a question about it coming up here. Um, hopefully, I'll get a ch chance to talk about it a little more. We have the gap year, um, which is students who we, we usually target guys who just graduated high school. Um, are about to go to college and we offer this kind of unique opportunity to come spend a year here before you go to college um, and that program again includes all the stuff that I've talked about um, as well as we facilitate things like surf lessons and cooking lessons and Hebrew lessons um, for the participants and you know I really do believe because this is what I personally experienced that you know living living here, spending extended period of time here, not only here, just abroad in general, it is um, hugely beneficial just for kind of maturing and, and finding your identity and, and finding your purpose. So, you know, I, I really do encourage anybody out there um, to, to, to come on a gap year, whether it's with us, you know, hopefully it's with us or, or, or somebody else. Um, and, you know, just the way the college climate is these days, I think it's, um, you know, hugely beneficial to take that year um, and, and kind of, you know, do some exploring and get some experience. Um, but yeah, kind of to answer your question, hopefully I'm not going too far off here. Um, yeah, it's such a special place and 
you know, to come here and, and to, you know, find that sense of identity to, to coach youth lacrosse, you know, in a different country where you have to solve problems and, and you have to do it in a different language sometimes. And you got to, you know, kind of figure out a way to, to, to cut corners and make things work. And, you know, this whole international lacrosse thing is brand new, not just to Israel, but, you know, almost all over, you know, most of these countries outside of the top teams, it's brand new. So there's not really a, a textbook on how to do this stuff. Right. So it's almost, you know, excuse my French, throw crap on the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, I really think that that's helped me and help people that come on our programmings um, become better problem solvers, uh, you know, figure out how to, you know, act on the fly and do things on the fly. Um, and then the last part is, you know, when we can get Jewish Americans over here, it really, it really does strengthen that, um, strengthen the identity, strengthens the bond between um, Israel and Jews in North America, as well as, you know, Israelis and, and Jewish Americans. You know, there are kids, Jewish kids in the U.S. who don't, you know, may not understand fully how lacrosse is existing in Israel, but, you know, I love to just put them, you know, an American kid in touch with his Israeli counterpart, who's also a lacrosse player and, uh, you know, see, see what they talk about and get to know each other. And that's how we kind of build this thing. Um, and, you know, if I can keep going a little bit more on this, I, uh, I, like I said, I grew up in upstate New York and my Jewish identity wasn't super strong for a number of reasons. Um, one being that I wasn't, there's, there's not a lot of Jews up there. I was, you know, one of one of one or one of two on the lacrosse team and one of two on the hockey team. Um, so it wasn't something that, you know, I really rallied a strong identity behind. Um, and then moving to Israel and, and playing for Team Israel, obviously, we all share that bond and that kind of makes it that much stronger and that much more special. And I've kind of made it my goal to make sure that no Jewish kid in the United States ever feel never feels the way I felt that he's kind of alone out there and that he's the only Jewish kid playing sports or playing lacrosse. So that's why I love kind of, you know, getting guys over here on the ground and, and reaching out to as many people as possible and building our network and, uh, you know, kind of just getting as much momentum as we can. Cause I, I think that, you know, these kids come and, um, you know, they benefit greatly from the program, but I believe that, you know, our program benefits just as much from, from these people coming over and, and uh, spending time with us. Yeah, and playing off of one of your points, um, <clears throat> I'm a dual citizen myself, and it's there's you know I'm I'm I love the U.S., but I'm never happier than when I'm in Europe. You know, uh, I have dual citizenship in Germany, and my favorite thing is to take people, take friends over there, not for lacrosse purposes yet, but <laughs> just to just explore Europe and and show them, you know, buildings that are older than our entire country and and the culture and it, it's an incredible experience. So yeah, I, I will definitely piggyback on your idea of taking advantage of a gap year. And if you can use lacrosse as a vehicle for that, then that's, that's even better. Speaking of the gap year, um, especially with these times where, you know, college sports are really up in the air and it might not, there might never be a better time to take a gap year. Uh, why don't you explain the gap year program a little bit? It seems to be something you're passionate about. Yeah, for sure. I'm licking my chops on this one. Um, so the the gap year is is 
um, something that we've been doing for a few years now, um, but we've kind of been doing it as a pilot program. So the past, I guess, three years, we've had one or two athletes come and, and spend time with us for the entire school year, uh, gap year, kind of. And, you know, they've had a little bit more of a raw experience. They were, you know, living straight up with our staff um, and, and kind of almost just an employee, really, more than um, someone coming for this gap year experience. But I think that that was beneficial this year, um, you know, with the current climate of the world, uh, we're kind of trying to expand that and uh, strengthen, strengthen the program. Um, so what it's going to look like is um, we're offering guys, uh, we, we started by targeting guys who are in that traditional gap year. So graduating seniors. Um, and, and, you know, since, you know, the, the, we've continued to, to monitor the climate in the U S um, and, you know, NCAA lacrosse and, and, you know, all the universities and institutions across the U S and, what their plan is. Um, so we've we've noticed that you know fall balls are being shut down, campuses are closing. We took it upon ourselves to make sure that we could offer guys in our player pool in our community, um, you know, in, in a, a, a unique alternative. Uh, you know, if they weren't you know super fired up to go back to to campus and sit in their dorm and take online classes and you know, do, do whatever lacrosse might look like, which is going to, you know, could, could be very limited. Um, so we're offering this unique uh, alternative to, to come to Israel starting October 1st. Um, and we're going to run it almost like bubble style, almost like PLL, like the NBA and the PLL do. Um, and we're going to offer like a full training regimen. So um, the, the participants will be in Ashkelon. Like I said, our hub, we just built a brand new facility, Turf Field. Um, so they're going to be living in Ashkelon, which is right on the Mediterranean, um, all from a full training regimen, which is, you know, four or five days on the field will be three or four days in the weight room with the team. Um, and, and again, we, we, we continue to supplement all our programs with youth development, uh, community outreach, um, all that stuff. We, we, we plan to have these guys really living like locals. So getting an authentic experience here in Israel, um, and like I said, we're going to facilitate other cool stuff, whether it's surfing lessons, um, Hebrew lessons, cooking lessons, you know, going, you know, being in the community for Shabbat dinners, um, anything like that. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the last part is, is, is COVID permitting. Hopefully um, these guys will be able to kind of experience and travel outside uh, of the city that they're living, living in and, and explore the country a little bit more um, because it is a beautiful place. Um you know, it, it's an opportunity just for these guys to uh, a lot of guys are coming just for the fall um, and wait to see what happens in the spring. It, it's a good opportunity for them to kind of keep their keep their knives sharp, so to speak. Um, you know, if and when the NCAA happen, season happens in the spring, you know, of course, we're going to be excited to send our guys back back to the U.S. to, to join up with their teams and and, and have that season. Um, but again, you know, we want to offer, make sure that we have something to offer them if that kind of does go south and there is no NCAA season. So, you know, we're offering them either the full year, one semester, um, whatever they can kind of make work or they think will work, uh, and fit within their schedule. Um, some guys will be taking classes online while they're, um, participating in our program. Some guys are, are just kind of deferring and taking their gap year and focusing on lacrosse with us. Um, 
and yeah, man, I, I'm I'm just as excited as the participants. I think um, you know I'll be able to coach some of these guys at a high level. I'll be able to integrate them with our Israeli players, and and that just brings the level up so high for those Israeli guys who who don't necessarily get to see competition from North America or from abroad very often. So to have you know 20, 30, 40 players in country for almost a full calendar year is going to do wonders for our guys and, and, and their development as players. Um, and, and again, just like meeting these guys and, and feeling that sense of family and sense of community is, is uh, invaluable, I think. Okay. So what I want to do now is kind of do like a rapid fire of questions for you so we can get yes. some, some interesting bits out of the way. So cool. how hard is it or where do you get lacrosse equipment? in israel uh we order it in the u.s mm -hmm. and have our participants on our programs stuff it in their uh luggage and bring it over with them okay has that sorry does around mean you want like short quick answers or do you want no me to... that's perfect yeah like a sentence or two you know whatever context okay. you think it needs um okay so professional lacrosse in the, in the u.s pll mll is it accessible are you able to watch it in israel live it's tough um you need to be kind of a hacker and have some sort of vpn because a lot of that stuff's not available um <laughs> watching it on recording yes we're always blasting that stuff out to our players okay great are there any you know i know it's young and i know you know, it's, it's nine to 10 years old. Are there any heroes already in, in Israel lacrosse? Yes, definitely. Um, this kid, Ori Bar David, um, the first Israeli born player to uh, get to earn a spot on the men's roster, uh, which mm -hmm. was cool. And, and quick side note, two sentences here. I, I, I vividly remember like five or six years ago going into his school and putting a stick in his hand for the first ever time. And, you know, six years down the road, he's standing next to me on the sideline in the world championships playing against, you know, team Russia or whoever we were playing. Um, so that was very, very cool to see it come full circle. So definitely have a lot of respect for him and how far he's come and, and developed. So he's my okay. hero. Greatest, uh, you know, you mentioned you're on the national team. So greatest national team moment. You can take your time. I can cut out the, the silence. Okay. Um, greatest national team moment. Wow. I guess the obvious answer and, and what comes to my mind now is in 2016, we won gold medal at the European Box Championships. Um, first time that Team Israel has won a gold in any event. Um, and... Yeah, man. I'll never forget that. That was in Finland. Uh, beautiful facility, you know, high level of competition um, and a lot of fun. So, okay. I think the answer is probably obvious, but what's growing faster, field or box lacrosse? Uh, field lacrosse is growing faster. However, box is on the radar. We have our players playing box as well. So, in a country where ice hockey isn't. Um, a priority how do you make box work yeah uh so actually it's funny our men's team who 
uh, as you may know, is in the blue group, uh, who wasn't in Langley for this past World Championships playing Canada and USA. Our men's team uh, currently practices on like a fenced in uh, asphalt basketball court. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty raw. Um, but, you know, and I'm sure you feel the same way us lax rats. We have no problem anywhere, anytime, mm-hmm. as long as we can uh, strap up together and, and get fired up. But yeah, we'd love to build a box at some point. Yeah, I'm sure that that's, that's on the list of things to do. Um, on a side note, I, I had yeah. two teammates when I was in college that I think they ended up playing for either the, I don't know if it was the U19 team or the men's team in the early days. Are, do you know Jesse Kane or Matt Markman? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yes. Is there a question? No, no, I, no. I, I, I went to Oberlin for a year, and they were both on the team. And I remember them yeah. being, like, obviously, Oberlin, we had quite a large Jewish population. So, um, it was interesting to find out that later yeah. on, like, they kept playing, and they, they were involved in some way. Yes. Yeah, so... So when I talk about when I was talking about kind of the the, the, the very first days of Israel lacrosse, mm-hmm. I tell everybody that uh, Markman was is uh, Israel lacrosse ID number zero 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 one just because he was, <laughs> you know, as far as I can remember, one of the very very first guys to get involved. And obviously Jesse was there right behind him. Um, I, I wish that they stuck around a little bit longer just because they're awesome dudes. Um, and I got to shout out Jesse as well because he was the original number seven on team Israel. And, uh, I was lucky enough to take that on after him. So definitely got, definitely got to, uh, shout him out for that one and give some respect. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. It's a small lacrosse is a small world for sure. Um, Oh yeah. I think that's all I have right now. Um, so if, if someone was interested in your gap year program, you know, a financial donation, any, any kind of involvement with Israel lacrosse, What's the best way to go about that? Who's the best contact? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I can send you my, my own email and my colleague and teammate Seth's email. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to do this. It's at, or it's uh, Seth at lacrosse.co.il. And okay. mine is Jacob at lacrosse.co.il. Um, okay. But outside of that, you can find us. Anybody can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, on our website. Um, you know, we're always monitoring that stuff. So if anybody kind of just shoots in a message or a comment or anything, um, we're usually pretty, pretty quick to, to get on about that. Actually, um, our COO, Dave Lasday, um, mm-hmm. is COO and, and also self-proclaimed kind of social, social media manager. And, and he's, I, I respect his hustle so hard cause he's, all hours of the day and night, just on the Instagram, on the Facebook, trying to make connections and stuff. So definitely respect what he does. And um, you guys can be sure whoever's watching that if you send us a message on any of those platforms, um, we'll get back to you uh, ASAP and hopefully we can get you involved. So you mentioned Scott several times, you know, what is his, his role? You know, I I know he kind of came over and he's been the grassroots guy, but you know, if you were to explain to someone who Scott is and what he does, how would you do that? Yeah, that's easy, man. Um, Scott, uh, again, the kind of the, this is his brainchild, but you know, when we get in, our staff isn't huge at the moment. And and when we get into a room together, he's just the smartest guy in the room. 
Um, he knows, you know, how we should do things, when we should do things. And, and he's done an incredible job just kind of positioning himself in the room with the rest of us. So he can kind of just point us in the direction and, and to do the things that he needs. Um, you know, Scott isn't necessarily a, a, an athlete coach type. So he, you know, he gets guys like myself and, and my teammates to, to do those things. And, you know, obviously Dave uh, for a bunch of stuff, but, you know, he's kind of the, he's kind of the root of, of all the ideas and all the programs that we have. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if, if we all love to admit it, but every time I have a task or we're working on something, I'm always bouncing ideas off Scott just because of um, how much experience he has. He, he, uh, he grew up working for the, for the NLL. Um, I think he worked for the New York Saints for a while, a little while. He was working for Team USA Box for a little while. Um, so a ton of background just working uh, in the game at the highest levels. Um, and he's super passionate about Israel and super passionate about the game. And, uh, yeah, definitely have mad respect for him as well and, and all this that he came up with. And I'm grateful that he kind of gave me this opportunity. Um, but, yeah, definitely uh, smartest guy in the room for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, listen, I, I really appreciate your time. I, I definitely need to get to add Israel to my list of uh, countries to visit, and uh, I'll have to bring my lacrosse stick. Absolutely. Hey, uh, let me know if you ever uh, make your make your way out this direction. You uh, you can crash with us, and awesome. uh, we'd love to hear from you, man. All right, thank you so much. That's it for another episode of Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective. Please follow us at Lax Collective on Twitter or go to our website, thelacrossecollective.com. Stay tuned for more episodes.